0: come together. Thanks
1: for listening to the KC Morning Show.
0: In our
2: day, certain economic proofs have become accepted as self-evident. Now, certainly FDR's new deal wasn't perfect. It discriminated against African-Americans and other people of color, no doubt. However, the overall vision of having an economic bill of rights was expressed to the entire country. The second
1: bill of rights, under which a new basis of security and prosperity can be
2: established for all, regardless of state or race or free. Well, he came to the realization that you cannot have any level of freedom unless you have economic freedom. It is about making sure that people have clean air, clean water, clean food, and to have housing. I mean, none of these things are new. It is what FDR invoked when he talked to the people in the 1940s coming off of, the, of World War II, and he said we should expect to have an economic Bill of Rights, and he set a very strong foundation, and the overwhelming majority of the American people, over 80% of the American people, no matter how they identify politically, agreed with the president. That is leadership that has a vision to provide provision for the people. We need to get that bold vision and agenda back. And the way it's going to come back is that the people demand it. And how will the people be able to demand that bold agenda? They got to first believe that they deserve it. So I am here to declare that the American people deserve nice things. All of these rights spell security, for unless there is security here at home, there cannot be
0: lasting peace in the world. Everything's running smoothly.
1: Yo, yo, yo! yo what is going on? My name's Herzl, and this right here, it's your KC. Whoa! Shout! Baby! What's the word? Kansas City on the show today. You know we take back America on Tuesdays. Me, Professor Harvey K. Well, today, my friends, hello somebody. On the show today is Senator Nina Turner. She's a former state senator from Ohio, the co-chair of the Bernie Sanders presidential campaign and currently running for the Ohio 11th, the 11th congressional district in Ohio. That primary is a week from today. I'm not going to lie to you. This episode is a dream come true. Senator Turner, also a proponent for the 21st Century Economic Bill of Rights, that our very own Harvey K and our friend Alan Minsky with Progressive Democrats of America, they did that. We are doing this, all of us, everybody. So I am excited, if you can't already tell. Back in your feeds tomorrow, my name's Hartzell. A good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Oh, conditions are so ideal. Conditions are ideal to go change the world. So let's go change the world. We'll see ya in the morning. Fight.
0: to the
1: For the first time on your KC Morning Show, she is Senator Nina Turner. She is running for Congress, my friends, the Ohio 11th Congressional District. Now, every week on your KC Morning Show, we take back America. We reclaim that radical history of America because progressives, we got a playbook. In fact, this playbook works and it plays in 2022. And that's what this whole mission was for myself and Harvey. We want to reclaim that radical history. We've been talking a lot about this moment of it all. And a lot of folks are just framing it as that it's a moment. But what is this moment, Senator Turner? And why is it not only that I think this moment requires you, but it also requires you to help inspire this fight within us so that we can do it all together?
2: Yeah, this moment is certainly bigger than the three of us and it's bigger than any individual. This is about. People coming together and understanding the zeitgeist of our moment and using our synergy and energy to fight for those things that are bigger than us. And so when we think about it from the political realm, it could be universal health care or saving Mother Earth or dealing with income and race inequality from a spiritual sense, I would say. It is reminding and also introducing, reminding some and introducing to others the whole notion that we as a people in this country, no matter how we identify, deserve better than what we are getting. And the reason why I put that on the spiritual realm is because we have been programmed and we have to deconstruct our construction. I used to say that to my college students all the time. You got to deconstruct your construction so we can start to build it in a more powerful, beautiful way way we got to get the people of this nation first charity starts at home and I also see a world movement attached to this that people of this earth deserve so much better than what they are getting right now and we can have and do deserve nice things
1: why is it senator
2: turner that it seems like we are just we just are okay with the okay because So often, too often, especially in this moment, we have people who are elected who want us to believe that we don't deserve more and better. So they propagate that. You hear the same messages in mainstream media. Thank God for independent media like yours. And others, you know, I won't get to naming them all, but there are some pretty spectacular independent media sources out there. We've been brainwashed, basically, and and we're starting to believe these things and it's generational. And that is why I said we have to deconstruct our construction. We got to start to believe not only that it is possible because it is very possible. The things that we talk about on the freedom fighting progressive left possible and it is necessary.
1: Professor Harvey K and our friend Alan Minsky, I've listened to all three of you all talk now. And I could hear it forever and ever We need more of that 21st century economic bill of rights I think that plays Why do you think so as well, Senator Turner?
2: Because it was there before. And I really thank God for Professor Harvey K. and also Alan Minsky to come together and put it back in the forefront where it belongs. Certainly on the campaign with Senator Sanders, he introduced this concept in 2016. We tried to continue pushing it in 2020 in a deeper way. And it is real that there's not there's something in the Christian tradition of scripture, I think it's in the songs of Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun. So actually the 21st century economic bill of rights is built upon the work and the vision of President FDR. And we're fortunate to have right in our (laughs) midst the expert uh on president fdr and the vision that he had and even president fdr if you think about it he was dealing with the psychology too of the time of a people who you know went through the great depression that didn't end but he had a vision the new deal right and the new deal was not perfect we have another show about the racialized nature of it and the way that it left out black people and other people of color but the foundational point of it was beautiful the president knew and that's why he had those fireside chats there was something psychological about that too trying to get in the heads, trying to get in the heads of the American people that, yeah, you caught hell and Hoover didn't have a vision, but I tell you what, together we gonna conquer this demon. We gonna get through this because we are Americans and let me tell you what's special about us and what we do when adversity comes our way. We are going to get through it. It was so important because he made people believe like, you know what, hell yeah, the president just said, we are gonna get through this. People started to believe. And once you get people to believe and to have hope, hope is an action word, there is nothing that we cannot conquer and he took that from the 30s into the 40s and realizing what the needs were sometimes leaders have to kind of guide people in that direction and people believed and they were being guided by what president FDR had to say about this second bill of rights. I also think that instinctively in the American spirit though, that president FDR was able to tug upon was that belief all along. He was just able to pull it out. He had a vision for the provision professor k
1: piggyback on that you know every week we talk about that vision that fdr did present and we do talk about the flaws of what actually ended up happening in part because fdr didn't have those fighters in congress that he needed you know he had those obstacles so professor k can you tell us the importance of why we need champions and fighters like nina turner in congress right now
0: okay well for a start this is exciting for me. Hartzell, you and I have become very, very close friends. And Nina and I, I believe, have too. And to have the three of us here together is, I'm just thrilled. Listen, I, I think I'm going to start off on the high note, very high note. And I'm never going to go low note, but I'm going to start on the highest note possible. And I want to say that I think that Nina Turner's campaign for Congress in Cleveland can represent, and Nina will say it's not her alone, and I'm insisting it's not her alone. But this, this could be a turning point At this moment, I mean, here we are. We're in the midst of a terrible crisis, a terrible crisis coming off the Great Recession of the 2010s, then the pandemic. And clearly, after four years of Trump, which itself is a consequence of 45 years of conservatives and neoliberals and the corporate elite pursuing, you know, a war basically against the rights of workers and of women and of African-Americans in particular, but people of color generally, and especially the right to vote, that sacred idea of the right to vote that took so many struggles and so many lives. I mean, here we are at a moment where we know that we are in the midst of a crisis of democracy. It can sound cliche, but we are there. And then Nina Turner, undaunted... What happened in the special election last year was determined to run again. And I can tell you, I got so excited and so thrilled. You know, I'm an academic, you know, I give talks, I join people like you, Artzel, and I talk about FDR, I talk about Thomas Paine as well, as everyone knows. You know, but my voice is only my voice in some ways. Now we have someone who not only promises to fight for us and fight for an economic bill of rights, but so exciting. And I say this from personal experience, who inspires the fight in us. Why does all this matter? Well, what matters is that we know that for too many decades now, the Democratic Party has turned its back on the very folks who created the things that we cherish, the things that we believe in. But they turn their backs on those very folks in pursuit of better donations from the billionaires, from the idea that America does have a revolutionary promise, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. However many times it's been trodden upon, that is the promise that generation upon generation, in all its beautiful diversity has fought to secure. Now, here we are. Here we are. And we know that this Congress was filled with promise, but that promise has been stymied. And the worst thing is it's Nina, you have to forgive me if I go a bit outside the realm here, but it was not only stymied by Republicans, it was stymied by people who had the audacity to call themselves Democrats. So here we are. We must not only in a generic sense elect more progressive, we need Nina Turner because she's going to go to Washington with a message of an economic bill of rights for all, a 21st century economic bill of rights for all Americans. She's going to bring new energy to the so-called Progressive Caucus. She's going to add a new dynamism to what we know of as the squad. And believe me, I'm practically leaving my seat talking about this. This is the moment. I mean, she brings a historical sensibility, a moral sensibility, and a political vision that she's grabbed hold of by, as I've repeatedly said, taking hold of our history. And by the way, if fantasies could ever come true, we'd have Nina with us every week. Absolutely. Senator Turner, brag on your folks for a little
2: bit. Tell me about Cleveland. Oh, thanks, Harsel. I, you got, I'm, I'm so glad that you both though, are doing what you're doing too, because you are stoking people's imagination and you're planting seeds that will be cultivated, and I, I believe very truly will bear fruit. As far as Cleveland is, I mean, I I love this city I was born and raised here spent almost all of my life I mean there were only brief moments when I was not here so I'm definitely a daughter of this city educated here from elementary school days high school to through college we are gritty we are hardcore town we fight hard you know steel formerly a steel town and uh, now the medical industry is certainly something that is one of our not necessarily take the place of steel but it's something else that we're known for we do have some pretty incredible medical institutions here in Cleveland I just wish we had universal health care to go along with it because far too many people are underinsured and uninsured and the death rate, you know, if you are black and you live in a certain community compared to if you were white and live in another kind of community, the life expectancy is drastically different. And it shouldn't be that way in any city or any community in Ohio or in the nation. But that is a stark reality. That is true. Uh, Certainly, you know, our Cleveland Browns matter to us, the Ohio State University football Please. team matters right. it is a must it is a must and the calves and also our new named team thank god because our indigenous mm. sisters and brothers and their allies were only fighting for that it seemed like for a million years i'm exaggerating but for a very long time so i'm glad finally and that didn't happen because of goodwill that happened because of pressure that now this team is no longer named the cleveland indians our indigenous people have to be faced with being somebody's damn mascot excuse Excuse me, but now it is the Cleveland Guardians, and I'm so happy for that. That's a great piggyback on my follow-up. You know, what was that moment for you? You know, that
1: radical moment, which it seems radical for some folks, but it's just living for others. What was that moment when you said, "You know what? I gotta do this. I gotta do it for something and someone that's bigger than myself.
2: I gotta do it for my folks." I've had many moments of epiphany along the way in my life. So I can't just point to one moment, you know, it ebbs and it flows and just, you know, picking up on the frequency. Part of it was when I ran for Secretary of State in 2014, but I could go way back even before that. There were points in my life when I knew I had to go bigger and I had to go bolder and I had to put something on the line, you know, for what I believed in, even if it cost me, especially political hurt and harm, because it does, these people are out to kill you. And it's not physical. Uh, sometimes it's not because, you know, this kind of stress could cause somebody to have a heart attack or heart. So I guess for me to button this up, it is knowing that within myself, that what I am fighting for is well worth it. And that no matter what mankind or womankind may try to do humankind on the status quo side of this, on the corporate side, try to do to me that point you were making about this is not just a moment, it really is a movement. I stand on the shoulders of so many great ancestors in the african-american tradition some whose names we know some whose names we do not know there's a fighting tradition across all ethnic and racial groups and when you tap into that ancestral plane uh, to quote the black panther it just does something to you and you know being someone that came from a working poor family my grandparents were certainly solidly middle class had to scrap every step of the way to be there and then my mom and my dad did not ever make it to be in solidly middle class. They were among the working poor. And if you are in tune with that experience, if you've had it, because not everybody has that experience. For example, my grandchildren will never ever be able to say they came from the working poor. They gotta come to me to talk about working poor, You know, before I got to a certain stage in my life and my career from working so hard to be in the middle class. If you are in tune with your past, whether it's your personal past or the past of a collective people, I think that can motivate you to do things that are bigger than you. I'm certainly in tune with that. And that is what motivates me. So I've had touch point along the way that have motivated me to be right in this moment. It didn't, none of this happened overnight. It was through the making of, and I think I'm still being made over. I'm not complete. I don't think we're ever complete until our last day here on this earth. You're never complete.
1: Well, I ask because you talk about that adversity. You talk about it in real time, that struggle, that fight that we do every single day, but you also, you call it out, which is what we need to also be. We got to call it out. So, Senator Turner, when you talk about American oligarchs, you know, who are you talking about? What are you talking about? Let me check my phone. I guess let me check my Twitter. You know, we're seeing this in real time.
2: Right. Well, the Twitter, you know, speaking of Twitter, allowing Elon Musk to purchase Twitter for 44. Was it 44 million dollars? Billion. Billion. Excuse me. Insane. Absolutely insane sane and when you look at the media conglomerate is owned by a very few ultra ultra the oligarchs because now i can't put enough ultras on wealthy to paint that picture and one of the reasons why we cannot have nice things is because this systemic failure. It is a failure of government to allow so few people to have so much and so many people to have so little. So whether it's health care, prescription drugs, or people being unhoused, children going to bed hungry at night, all of that is a product of a system that is run amok. Senator Turner, before I let
1: you go again, thank you so much for doing this. We could talk forever. We talk about breaking out big tech, right? And well, what is big tech? Is that not big media? You know, Is Uber tech or is it transportation? All these things. So I can't wait to to dive in, I guess, then. What is, Senator Turner, your pitch for us to claim that thing that we do deserve?
2: You know, to encapsulate it very simply, and I can't wait to come back to just continue to pull back the layers. I take word from Congresswoman Barbara Jordan, who once said what the people want is very simple. They want an America as good as his promise. And that really is what the 21st century Economic Bill of Rights is about. That really is what FDR's vision was about and the people who came after him, who continued to build on that vision from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to one of the greatest 20th century unionists, on the planet, which was Aesop Philip Randolph. What the people want is simple. They want an America as good as his promise, And we could take that. Yeah, and Dr. <laughs> Dr. Harvey put it back up. But freedom the freedom budget, budget. yeah. yeah. Philip Randolph. They want a world, they want a community as good as it's promise, And that promise should be not just about being in survival mode most of your life. It should be the opportunity to be able to thrive. You know, it makes me think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, we can never get to self-actualization unless we can get past the physiological needs that people have. And why should poorer people or people who are working poor, or barely middle-class, always be subjugated to being in a survival mode, the overwhelming majority of their damn lives. It is cruel and unusual punishment. It is immoral. It certainly has no spirit and heart. And the 21st century version of the Economic Bill of Rights is really about that, giving people a vision that can provide provision in this hegemonic nature we call the United States of America, that we can have and we deserve nice things. And everybody deserves to be able to live a very good life.
0: I want to interject to save Nina from having to recite them by heart. If it's okay, I'll just read out that Economic Bill of Rights. This is what Alan Minsky and I put together based on FDR, A. Philip Randolph, Martin Luther King Jr., Senator Bernie Sanders, and a host of other folks around today. The right to a useful job that pays a Living wage, and I'll just note when FDR signed the Industrial Recovery Act in 1933, only weeks into his into his presidency, he actually said, "No company that doesn't pay a living wage should be allowed to operate in the United States." That was a, if you like, a, a wish of his. Two, the right to a voice in the workplace through a union and collective bargaining. Three, the right to comprehensive quality health care. And as Nina makes clear in an excellent video campaign production. More than 85% of Americans, both Republicans and Democrats, they wanted national health care. Univ- Sorry, let me make it better. Universal healthcare. That's the way to talk about it. Four, the right to a complete, cost-free public education and access to broadband internet. Five, the right to decent, safe, affordable housing. Six, the right to a clean environment and a healthy planet. Seven, the right to a meaningful endowment of resources at birth and a secure retirement. We've got to start addressing not only the problem of a living wage, we have to start addressing the gross inequalities in wealth, which especially affects people of color, African Americans in particular, it seems, but it's also the case it affects vast numbers of white folks as well. The right to sound banking and financial services, the right to an equitable and economically fair justice system the right to recreation and participation in civic and democratic life. And I'll just say, one of my first Zoom sessions with Nina, I told her of how FDR's, the original commission that advised FDR in constructing a, an economic bill of rights, they didn't talk about simply a right to recreation. They talked about a right to adventure. Yeah. It is the case that Nina just lit up, and I was about to change. I was going to get Alan Minsky to join me, in, but I had this feeling that people would say, what kind of adventure? You want everyone to go to Disney World or something? I did not know. <laughs> you know but, but that is important. The least recreation, at the least, and the capacity to participate in civic and democratic life.
2: Yeah, and on that point, when you say quality of life, it can- can't be just to work all the time. That's not quality of life. It's being able to smell the roses or whatever flower is your preference. Or if you have no flower, that's your preference. But it's being able to, to go places and do things and expand your mind, nurture your imagination. You know, Albert Einstein, he talked a lot about the power of imagination, but if you never get a chance to cultivate it because you're always in survival mode, that is no life at all. So yes, I lit up just as I am right now, because that has always been something that is important to me, that instinctively I knew that there has to be something better and deeper to life than just working your fingers to the bone and never being able to expect that you can do something else that you deserve to do something else that edifies you just personally not for somebody else not for some cause but from time to time you got to recharge your own batteries and so people have to have the resources to be able to edify themselves so that then they can be better capable of pouring into the hole if the overwhelming majority of the american people had these 10 things how much more valuable It would be to them as individuals, to their family, to their community. My God, everything gets better from here. You know, this is a strong foundation and it makes people more productive. It makes people care about other people more. I mean, it's a ripple effect of positivity and beauty.
1: Senator Nina Turner, where can folks go to donate time, talent, resources? We want to support this campaign, the primary coming up next week. Where do we go? Direct us, my friend.
2: Oh my God, you are so right. We have seven days left to the very day. They can go to ninaturner.com That is ninaturner.com and there's something for everybody. Time, talent, treasure, one of those, two of those, three of those. You can do it all and it doesn't matter where you are. You can volunteer, you can phone bank for us. If you want to come into cleveland ohio please come early voting has started election day is on may 3rd that is a week from today and yeah please come nina turner.com
1: senator turner thank you so so much this was just a dream come true
2: professor k he raves about you you're everything that he said i'm honored too and i'm proud i just want to say that
0: proud to see a young brother doing the daggone thing i do want you to know that you're not only going to inspire a lot of Kansas Cityans today, I'm going to put money on it that Hartzell will be running for some political office in 2024, (laughs) having heard your words. I hope he does. No comment. Let me start my political career now.
1: No comment. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) You ready already? You ready already? (laughs) Senator Nina Turner. She is running for the Ohio 11th Congressional District. Professor Harvey K, the professor emeritus at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. I got to quote Star Wars Senator Turner. Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. I know I got a lot of hope on this Zoom call. There's a lot of hope in the speakers right now wherever you're hearing this. And there's a whole lot of hope in this country, in Kansas City, in Cleveland. Let's go do this, yeah?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Here come all- I become grooving, slowly got juju